I'm Adam Rappaport. Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast, where we talk about all things awesome, mostly food. Today, we are talking the Super Bowl. We have an all-pro panel here joining me. We're going to go around the table one at a time. I want you to tell me who your team is. We're starting off with senior editor Meryl Rothstein, who edited our Food Lover's Guide to the Super Bowl in the February issue of Bon Appetit. Meryl, what do you got? I'm a Giants fan. Tough year. It has been a rough year, yeah, but next year? <laughs> next year. Well, yeah. Odell Beckham Jr.? Odell Odell is the man, and Victor Cruz will be back on the field, correct? So yes. you're looking good. What Now, Meryl, also, you're one of the few people on staff who plays fantasy football. That's true. I do. How many teams do you have? Two. How'd those teams do this year? Better than the Giants, I assume. Better than the Giants, but I didn't win. Oh. Uh, all right. Next up, creative director Alex Grossman from the Pacific Northwest, correct? That's right. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Have you always been a Dyer CX fan? No, because every team I've ever rooted for either moved, closed, or <laughs> never was there, you know. Have you been to the stadium? Have you been part of the uh-huh. 12th man? I've, I've been part of the 12th man. It is like standing next to a jet engine. It's so damn loud, and the whole place moves, and... I mean, it's definitely a very Seattle version of it. There's people with green mohawks. Uh, that's awesome. Finally, Andrew Knowlton from the ATL. Yeah, lifelong Falcons, Hawks, Braves, whatever. The whole thing. Have you been to many Falcons games? I have. I went to the NFC Championship three years ago when oh, we yeah. played. We beat the Seahawks to get to the NFC Championship, and then we lost to the 49ers after being a 19 nothing at halftime. I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the second half. Uh, so, Adam, what's your team? You never have a team, yeah, do you? Yeah, I'm guilty. I, I'm born and raised a diehard Washington Redskins fan, but ever since they moved to FedEx Field and Daniel Snyder bought them, I, I really have a hard time rooting for them. They are sort of a team without a soul or a direction or an identity. Or a good name. Or a good name. Growing up, Back in the Theismann, Riggins days, Dexter Manley, all those guys at RFK Stadium, as good as it can possibly get. And now I feel it's as bad as it gets. So on that note, let's talk about having a Super Bowl party because does it even matter who's playing? We're going to run down a bunch of questions. I'm going to go around the table um, because the Super Bowl, I think, I don't know, I think it now rivals Thanksgiving as the greatest eating day of the year in America. Meryl, fair enough? Yes, absolutely. Grossman? Yeah, I hate Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's a that's a question for your therapist, Knowlton. I mean, it's a, it's the ultimate junk food holiday. You know, after you go on your January kind of cleanse, then it all goes downhill when the Super Bowl happens. Yeah, I, what I lo- what I love about the Super Bowl is that you are not beholden to any tradition. You can make whatever you want. You don't have to invite anyone you don't want to invite. Um, there's something uniquely American about it. It's like make it up, do it, do it your own way. We're starting with etiquette before we get to the food. Number one. Let's talk about betting. I'm very pro betting. My friends and I, we do prop bets. Explain the prop bets to the to the you know, the layman. So the prop bets are when you kind of just pick a ton of random stuff to bet on. So how long the national anthem is, how many commercials have beer, how many have animals acting like humans, stuff like that. How much are you putting in for each bet typically? Hmm. I think just a couple bucks, but it adds up. I mean, if you have enough people and you have enough bets. 20 bets or so. Yeah, it adds up. Uh, Knowlton, Grossman. My problem with the betting is that no one ever bets enough. You can't bet like a buck each. You have to bet like 50 bucks each. Um, All right, halftime priority. Katy Perry, commercials, or food and drink? Knowlton. Five years ago, I would have said food. This year, because I have two daughters, uh, they're already talking about Katy Perry during halftime. 
already know that it's happening. Grossman, you got kids. Are they familiar with Miss Perry? Uh, yeah. My daughter's kind of familiar with who Katy Perry is, and I'm just going to pretend like it's not happening and just eat food and drink. Prince was on. Prince, all-time greatest Super Bowl performer. Agreed. Worst Rolling Stones. I remember when Prince was doing, he was doing Purple Rain, and it was raining, and he was behind that crazy curtain that projected him like 800 feet tall, and I mean, that guy, yeah, I, I, he kicked my ass. Meryl, your all-time favorite Super Bowl halftime performer. Oh, God. I can't remember. Wow. I don't know. Because you're too busy cooking, probably, so let's segue <laughs> to the food part of this. All right, going around the table, starting with Knowlton, the greatest Super Bowl party food of all time is... I'm going with nachos. And you're a nacho aficionado. We I'm a nacho that. aficionado. I mean, I, chili maybe, but I think when, if I had only had one, it would be nachos. We have an amazing story that we ran a year ago. It's online. Yeah. About building the architecture of the nachos. A little service. Break it down for our listeners. What are some basic building key points to making nachos, starting with the sheet pan? So you have to have a sheet pan because it's all about surface area when you're making nachos. You want every nacho to have a little bit of whatever topping that you're putting on top and then you just you're layering them like you would lasagna so you're doing ah. chips so cheese so chips cheese chips, chips cheese chip cheese if you want to throw some beans on it you can do that and then at the end after you pull it out of the oven that's when you flourish with all your kind of raw condiments your vegetables and your guacamole and salsa and like salsa, that yeah. and then you just watch it disappear in five seconds like and it's just put, and you put another tray in the oven yeah and, and I, I think that, i think the, the layering thing is key Meryl, your all-time greatest Super Bowl food. I do agree nachos are great. I would maybe say pork butt. Love to do a pork butt. House smells amazing. Feeds an army. Do you serve it with, like, little buns to make sandwiches or on a plate or? Yeah, I often do the, like, momofuku bosom. Um, so, yeah, we get, like, Martin's potato rolls, some quick pickles, maybe, like, a, you know, sriracha mayo. Yeah, the, the bosom recipe is one of those game changers for entertainers in, in the 21st century. It's uh, a stupid, stupid easy recipe. It's and, so and good. Everyone loves it. And it feeds it feeds an army. Grossman. Well, considering I don't have a deep fryer and I can't make individual mini corn dogs in my house, I'm going to go with... <laughs> you are obsessed with corn dogs. I love corn dogs. We still have not done the corn dog <laughs> definitive, though, which I'm bummed about. Um, I'm going to go with wings. Wings. All right. I'm going to segue then. I love wings. Baked or fried, how are you making them? Because this is an issue. I took our recipe for the baked wings, you know, that Which we ran. Which is what? Walk, walk us through it. I made them the other day. I still make them. So you basically put them on a cookie tray with a wire rack, which is key. They get crispy all Oh, so the fat drips, but they don't sit in the fat. Yeah, right. so That's it's genius. not soggy. And then you bake it at 350 for, for a while. 25, 30 minutes. Was that it? Yeah, And then you put the it. glaze on, they rebake them. Yes, right? for 10 to 15 minutes. I, I took our wing recipe that we did. I made some... Cockamamie, like my interpretation of a Andy Ricker fish sauce wing with fish sauce and ginger and stuff. So that was not in Bon Appetit, but I'm happy to provide that recipe for us if we want to run that this year. I pretty much nailed the Ricker fish sauce wing without the fry. I think if you have a garage or an outdoor, you get a propane tank and you fry your wings outside. And you can fry 30 of them at one time. Because I have a fry baby on, on my counter, but I could only do maybe like eight wings at a time. It's no fun. The one advantage of not frying the wings is you can eat endless amounts and not get sick. They're we almost as good as the fried wings yeah. within reason. The recipe we have online works and it gets it super, super crispy. You know what else is really good? One of those like five ninety nine store-bought kielbasas that come vacuum-packed uh, yep. and just like boil up one of those in a pan and have some mustard. 
or you, you know, can just we, like dip it in the mustard jar, like individual let, let, segments. Let me blow your mind. When I was growing up, my mom's family, the Barzaks, are from uh, West Dallas, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee. And when they watched the Packers games in their rec rooms downstairs, they would always get the fresh kielbasa because you can get the real stuff there, boil it, but then slice it up, and then you would dip it with a toothpick into cocktail sauce. Like what? Like. Yeah, so good. You know, like the like tomato ketchup and horseradish. I can't even imagine what that tastes so, like. So so good. So you'd have a whole tray of these freshly boiled sausages with toothpicks, just dip, dip, dip. You could eat like. 40 Are you sure hours. they just didn't have any mustard in the house, so they just decided to use cocktail Dude, trust sauce? Me, trust, me, that's the, trust me, trust okay. me. It's so good. It's like shrimp cocktail, but for people who live in Wisconsin. We actually have in the new issue in our our food lovers guide to the Super Bowl that Merrill Rothstein here edited in the February issue of Bon Appetit. We have something that I think is kind of insane, but it seemed to be popular among the office folks, is the buffalo wing popcorn. It's amazing. Tell the listener about it. It's sort of caramel corn mixed with hot sauce. Sweet, salty, spicy. Yes, it's amazing. My question is, with, and I had it and I enjoyed it, I just don't know if I would eat it before the meal or like, it, do you eat, is it like a dessert? Is it a pregame snack? Like I don't think, it's you, the kind of thing you can't help but eat. Like I'm not, yeah. that's not my bag, that kind of stuff. But every time I was going down to the test kitchen when they were developing it, like I could not help it. Like I felt the same. I'm, yes. I'm not a wing person. Yeah. I'm not a caramel corn person, but I just like wanted all of it. This, is, uh, this will be the most popular recipe on our site for the next month. I guarantee you. I guarantee <laughs> right. you. You heard it here first. Um, all right. A Super Bowl classic, what we have not discussed yet, the six-foot sub. Grossman, I think you're in the no camp on this one. I don't know about the six-foot sub. It just has to be done really well. You have to use good meat. You have to have, like, crunchy lettuce. Like, I want some shitty six-foot sub that's absorbed all the <laughs> liquid, that's soggy, falls apart in your hand, gets on your floor. Like, a good New York awesome Italian hero, like if you could make the six-foot version of that and eat it within half hour of it being made, awesome. But like six hours later... Uh, Norton, you have thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I think the only day out of the year that you eat a six-foot sub is on Super Bowl Sunday. I, I think it's kind of a ridiculous sandwich. Yes. But, it, but it's just like Thanksgiving with turkey. Like, I only eat turkey once a year. I have a six-foot sub once a year. I'm for it. Meryl, you're the deciding vote. I would say Pro. Pro. <laughs> I am pro six foot sub. Can, can we can we just term what what is the definition of a six foot sub? Because if someone made a six foot like chicken parm sub or like a meatball oh. sub, when you get the traditional six foot hero, the thing is you have to dress it after the fact. Like you can't have all the mayo and oil and vinegar on there from the get go because then, as you said, it gets super soggy because they had to make it that morning. It has to get delivered. It's sitting out. No, that's for this story. We kind of. Uh, ask the guys at Court Street Grocers in Brooklyn who do a six-foot sub where they get really good prosciutto and really good salami and they use like crispy iceberg lettuce and all that and they know that architecture and they do put a thin kind of smear of mayonnaise on each side but that's just to keep the cheese from sticking to the bread and melting but they recommend having those condiments on the side. Okay, this is making me thirsty. Question, beer or cocktails? Both. There we go. Meryl got the right answer. Uh, let's talk. What are you? Yeah, what are you? What are you serving, Meryl? Well, actually, the I was planning to serve the bourbon cocktail from from the February issue. 
I will read it. It's uh, Fresno chilies, water bottle of bourbon, some dry vermouth, grapefruit juice, lime juice, simple syrup, which is just sugar and water melted, uh, and some lime wheels, and you sort of mix it all together, put it in a big pitcher. You've got your sliced citrus in there. It looks pretty. Right. You've done you've done it ahead of time. You're not mixing cocktails while the game's going on. Yeah. Th- that's the thing. What we talked about in this package, you want everything done and laid out. You should, As a host, you should not be working or cooking during the game. Right. The priority is is watching. Yes. Just like a dinner party, you don't want to like spend it all in the kitchen while everyone else is having fun. You don't want to be busy cooking while, you know. And we had talked about having which I like um having a cooler in your living room stocked with beer. So if you don't people don't have to be going back and forth to the refrigerator, your beer is right there. Nolton, you're our drinks guy on staff. What's your take? I'm for both. I mean, I think any party you throw should have a cooler of Beer. I'm, mine will be full of Miller High Life, only for this for for the Super Bowl. Yes, Grossman. What about you? No one's allowed to drink wine. People get w- drunk on wine, just like kind of like sink into the couch. <laughs> so I don't think it matters really what you drink on the Super Bowl, as long as it's not wine. Right. But it does matter because I'm with Norton in the sense that I'm either drinking Miller High Life or Bud Light or something because like you're also eating, and I don't want a big heavy beer that's going to weigh me down because I also want to eat a six-foot hero and brisket and all that other stuff. So it's like what you drink does matter. And, and you got to pace. It's also you're there for four hours. And it's a Sunday night. Good point. I was going to bring that up because I wish they would move the Super Bowl to Saturday night. Yeah. You talked about this. That is kind of genius. Why wouldn't they? I don't understand why they wouldn't. I mean, I know Sunday is football day, but make it on Saturday night. I, I bet it has to do with ratings. The key is this. We're a bunch of dumb New Yorkers sitting here. What you do is move to California. In L.A., yes. the game starts at yeah. 3. Yeah. It's awesome. Dessert. Should the Super Bowl party have dessert? Meryl? Every party should have dessert. <laughs> Every party. You got two guys over here shaking their heads. Grossman? Uh, absolutely not. Like, the Super Bowl is not. If you have extra calorie space in your body, <laughs> it needs to be dedicated towards chips, food, and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cheers, cheers. What, uh, Dalton? Dessert's called whiskey in my house. <laughs> oh, God. All right, with that, guys, thank you very much for joining us uh, today at our inaugural Super Bowl All-Pro panel. Meryl Rothstein, Alex Grossman, and Andrew Knowlton. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Welcome back to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm still Adam Rappaport, and I'm joined now by Bon Appetit Food Director Carla Lolly Music. Welcome aboard, Carla. Thanks for having me back. And special guest, six-time Pro Bowler, center for the New York Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Nick Mangold. Hey. Thank you for coming by, Nick. Oh, thanks for having me. This is very exciting. We're talking the Super Bowl because this entire Foodcast is about the Super Bowl today, but... I gotta go. I gotta shift gears a little bit and congratulate you and your alma mater, the Ohio State University. It was a great run. Wow, that was insane. Really was when uh, when JT Barrett got hurt um, in the Michigan game. I thought there was no chance they weren't going to win the championship game. They weren't going to win the next bowl game, and there was no way they were winning a national championship. And to see that Monday night. Um, was just fantastic. Okay, so I noticed I, I was I was checking out on Twitter and and you were doing a little cooking. This will segue back to the food cast. What you cook for the big game on Monday? Big game was uh, smoked pork butt and uh, baby back ribs. Yum! Double yes. double pork. Double pork because you can't have too much pork. Of course. <laughs> well, you know, it's it just I wanted to do uh, the pork butt, and my wife said, "Well, I would like ribs." 
And I said, <laughs> well, then we'll do both. Uh, I've got a big green egg at home for all my smoking needs. Now, Nick, do you did you season the the butt and the ribs the same, or did, was there any difference between the preparation? That is a great question. Let me just backtrack a little bit of my history. <laughs> uh, our assistant line coach two years ago, um, who was with us last year as well, he is a certified barbecue judge. Wow. Uh, so he has imparted his knowledge upon me, and I've now taken that and, and really enjoyed getting into the, the smoking culture. Um chips and hickory and you know yeah. apple and oh, cherry yeah. and all the good stuff um we actually did our turkey this year smoke are you at a point now where you can taste the difference of what type of wood was used i don't know if i could do it blind mm-hmm. but i can definitely tell the difference like i started out as an applewood guy for my pork butt and i've since switched to cherry mm-hmm. and i can tell that it definitely has a sweeter flavor to it um, Carla, do you ever smoke? We did a we did some fun grilling videos in Carla's backyard. I do backyard. a lot of grilling, mm-hmm. and I once in a while will throw some chips in the pan. But it's not my it's not my go to. But I'm fascinated by it. It's slowly becoming, uh, or quickly becoming, my favorite way of cooking. It, it, there's something about just smelling the smoke and, and really enjoying it. And the big green egg, not that I'm uh, paid for or anything like that. I feel like I'm an advertisement right now. Um, but it, it, they made it so easy. Yeah. Um, you know, you think, you think about barbecue and you think about, you know, you go and you see this guy with the smoker and his big oil drum. I was able to start uh, on Monday. I think I, I started at 1 and we were eating as the game started. So, you know, you're able, and I got both of them done. But also, once you, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and it's interesting about talking about not being you know, paid to endorse them. I mean, everyone I know who has a big green egg is a total convert, proselytizing just about it's awesome. And, it, and it's also kind of a set it and forget it sort of thing, right? It is. Uh, I still like to babysit it just because uh, I'm a worrywart and yeah. I don't want something to happen. I know I could. Um, I never adjust anything, but, yeah. you know, I just check it. Um, but back to the pork butt. And the ribs, because everything comes back to pork butt. Um, the pork butt, I actually injected uh, a little marinade into it the night before. Wow. Um, Carla just raised her eyebrows in I case guess. you couldn't see that. <laughs> um, and then the rub actually was very similar um, for the ribs and the pork butt. But I used, what did I do? I did cherry for the pork butt, and then I used um, maple uh, wood for mm. the ribs. A, that sounds awesome. B, I can't believe you didn't invite us. Um, <laughs> C, all right, so there's another big game coming up, the Super Bowl. I assume you're hosting. Can, is it safe to say that, or will you be going to someone's house for the game? I, we don't know yet. Wow. Wow. I know. Soon. It, it is. And we just, we're kind of like the traveling family circus around this time. Um, and so a lot of things just happen like the night before. We're like, ah, let's go to this person's house, or why don't you guys come over? Like, we. Leading up to the game, I decided that we were going to cook something Sunday, and then we called our friends that morning. We're like, "Hey, do you want to come over?" I made a lot of food. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's let's say you were hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, would you run back the the ribs and the butt? Would you? Would you? What do you? you know, what else? What, what might you do differently for the Super Bowl? Uh, I think Super Bowl, I'd switch it up, uh, just because we did. Uh, we just had the experience of the the double pork. Um, <laughs> I think I would go brisket. Do a full brisket. Ah, uh, yes. Great choice. I, I've become, I was always scared of the brisket. Uh, I, Don't fear the brisket. I, there's no reason to. There really is no reason to. What was to. the fear? Where is this coming from? That I just didn't know what I was doing. Okay. And uh, back to the barbecue guru, he said, listen, you just got to do it. 
when once you do it, you'll be fine. And you know, it, it's really simple. Right, well, okay. I have a question now. We we did a, a really fun long smoked brisket in the magazine, and and what a lot of barbecue purists will say, which was surprising to me, was that salt and pepper. That's it. They don't do a rub. Correct, Carla. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of people would say a lot of different things about brisket. I think with with the beef ribs, that salt and pepper beef yeah. rib is a classic. I do. I don't do a sauce, but I do oh, a rub. Um, and why not the sauce? Because you think it's unnecessary? Or? Yeah, it's unnecessary. I think the um, brisket speaks for itself. Yeah. There's um, a lot of fat and delicious juices. So. Exactly. Like yeah. it's saved over. And I do burnt ends. Mm. Um, Love. Which I always thought was like the end that was burned, and you just cut that off and eat it. And come to find out, it's <laughs> a whole not, pro- it's a oh, whole process oh, of oh wow oh yeah. So the burned ends, and this is it's the candy of your meats. <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> They're unbelievable. It's um, I think it's three times smoked brisket basically. Wow. So you you take you have your full brisket, which usually if you get a good one, you're like 13, 14 pounds. You smoke that once it's done. You cut off a bottom part of the point, mm. re-rub the inside, put it back on the smoker. You take that off once it glazes itself over. You chop it into cubes. You take your rendered um, juice from the brisket. Wow. This is a crispy bit factory. Now I'm now I'm raising my eyebrows. Wow. <clears throat> you take your, uh, your your rendered juice from yeah. the brisket. You then uh, put that with the cubed uh, piece that you just got off, and you put that back on the grill. Wow. And you take it off when you're ready to eat. God bless America. All right, what about sides? So let's say you do the brisket, and then sides are important. You know, so what, are you a potato salad guy, slaw? What, what goes on with that? We've been going back and forth, and we've been doing a lot of different things. And we actually uh, we go back to Ohio for uh, about a month or so after the season, and that's coming up. We'll go back about mid-February. Ohio, mid-February, so beautiful. beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're, we're the only idiots to vacation to Ohio. Um, in the winter. My wife and I, we went to high school together, and uh, our parents are still there. So they live eight minutes apart from each other. So we we ended up getting a house back there. Cool. But we've decided we're going to do meat Mondays Ooh. at the house. <laughs> I'm going to get a big green egg for back in Ohio. That, won't, do... be, that won't be very popular in the Midwest. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, and we, we actually, last night, we were just talking about it, all the different sides that we would need to do. And we're struggling with the sides because every time you do something barbecue, you always end up with coleslaw, potato yeah, salad, right. and baked yeah, beans. Yeah. And for the Super Bowl, you feel like you would rather have something maybe chip and a dip. Um, Definitely. You know, something else. But you can mix it up. Like we've done a lot of different, some Asian types of sauce, or God knows there's lots of different types of potato salad also. Right. Nick, you're also. Uh, you're a wine guy, right? I, I am. So now we, we had a – in the previous segment, we were talking about <laughs> Alex Grossman, our creative director, was saying, whatever you drink at the Super Bowl, it shouldn't be wine. He's like, this is a beer and cocktail holiday, and I don't want people sitting around with their Merlot, getting sleepy and whatnot. But I, I, I suspect you might think differently. Uh, we do. We, uh, we actually had some amazing wine for the national championship uh, Monday night. Um, You're one of those guys with like the wine cob and fridge and all that? We have a wine fridge, we have the cob, and we uh, just installed a uh, wine storage room in the basement. I can't wow. call it a cellar. Because it's so utilitarian yeah. that it, calling it a cellar does it, it does cellars injustice. Um, it is literally just racks on the wall uh, in an enclosed room. But the right temperature. The right temperature. Yeah. Yep. So, so you will serve wine at the Super Bowl. Yeah. I imagine red, probably. We do red. Um, we always have others available um, if someone doesn't do a red. Like my wife's sister is allergic to cabs. 
So we always have to have a variety uh, around. Um, but I, I feel like wintertime, uh, a nice Cabernet. Uh, also for the pork. The pork. I mean, the brisket. Yeah. You know, you got to have. It's a red wine situation. All right. From highfalutin to good old eaten. You have a apparently a chorizo bacon chili you did, and we were just testing a bunch of chilies in the test kitchen. Really good, Carla. Chili. I want to hear yeah. about your chili, and then I want to hear about, about your chili, chili, Carla. So talk to us about your chili, Nick. And my chili, as the name implies, it has chorizo and bacon uh, along with ground beef. It's uh, <laughs> it's beanless. Is this your own recipe? It or? is my own recipe. It's a, a funny story. As we finished the season, and we were driving back to Ohio. Um, it was right around this time I got a call saying, hey, would you like to go on the Rachel Ray show? And my wife loves Rachel Ray. I'm like, well, sure, why not? Then like, well, would you like to know what you're doing? No, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I can do whatever. And they go, well, they're doing a Super Bowl food cook-off, and they'd like to have you be a contestant. I said, okay. And they're like, well, do you you have any recipes? And they're like, no, but I'm sure I can come up with something. So on the drive back, it's about a nine-hour drive back to Ohio, and so we were just throwing it back and forth of what we'd like to see in a chili. And um, then we got home. We did, we had four different variations of it. Um, and I, I cooked them all and we did a blind taste test with the family there, uh, got everyone's opinions, I came up with the best one, and then uh, entered it into the Super Bowl food challenge where I lost. What? Yes, I lost to did- Buffalo Chicken Dip. Yes. Buffalo chicken dip, yes. and uh, my uh, the excuse that I was given on the loss uh, was that it was just too many ingredients, and I said, "Well, the ingredients are what makes it awesome." Yeah. <laughs> and Carlo. in your four versions that you did, did any of those versions have beans? No. Good. Let's talk about the BA test kitchen. What are we? Where are we at these days with chili? We also. Not a huge ingredient list, but we did end up four different chilies, three dried chilies and a chipotle chili. And oh, you mean chilies themselves with an E? Yeah, so chilies. You, so you, so all right, explain, yeah, let's talk heat. So what did you so add? So heat, there's guajillos, there's an ancho and a pasilla chili that get darkened. And then three kinds of beef, too, which I think added all hand cut. So so brisket, chuck, and um, short rib. Wow. Cut into chunks as opposed yeah, to Yeah, we really debated that, too, and tried, tried it both ways. And... Um, I was concerned that hand cutting all of the three different kinds of beef was take too long, be annoying. Uh, took like six or eight minutes, and I think that texture is actually key because you have pieces as opposed to, you know, bits and some beer, um, cumin, oregano. It's really it's simple but really really good. The different chiles. I <laughs> just use the serrano mm. as my single chile. Mm. You might want to get with some of these. But your thing is genius because using chorizo gives you that smoky flavor that you get from some of the dried chilies. So I like uh, I like that. That's smart. I've got to be service guys. Can the can the Bon Appetit reader find this chili recipe anywhere? Oh yeah, Carlo. this recipe is online as part of our Super Bowl food package. We'd call it bonappetit.com. I think it's BA's best chili. Yeah, I think that's what we ended up calling it because there wasn't a better one. <laughs> I got a question. I've always wondered. Like, all right, Monday morning, you wake up after a typical game. How sore are you? It's amazing how um, how long it takes in recovery mm-hmm. um, after doing it for so many years. When I was a my first year, I wake up Monday morning and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Feel great. And 2006 was your rookie season? 2006 yeah. was rookie season. Now, um, I usually don't get back to the normal feeling to about Wednesday morning um, after a game. It just takes 
takes a while, and it's been slowly increasing. Like all of a sudden, I was waking up Tuesday morning. I was like, I still feel pretty sore and pretty tired. <laughs> like what, what's happening to me? And now it just keeps getting longer and longer. I hope you don't have to take kids to school on Monday morning. Do you get Monday morning off in the in the Mangold household? No, I take uh, I take my son to school Monday morning because that's the only day I, I get to. Oh, oh, you have time. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, getting the opportunity to take it, I'd rather I'd rather take him to school than you know lay in bed. So yeah. All right, Nick. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. This, is, this has been awesome, and we got prime. We got totally schooled on barbecue and barbecue. And we got to. I, I could go on for hours. <laughs> what we time should, should we be there? <laughs> yeah. yeah no, no. All right, guy. Thank Carla Lolly Music, Food Director Bon Appetit, thank Nick you. Mangold, Center for the New York Jets. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this special Super Bowl episode of the Bon Appetit Foodcast. We'll be coming to you, well, not live, but we'll be coming to you from the 36th floor of One World Trade Center with our new cast. This is officially our last day in our four Times Square headquarters here in New York City. It's been a good ride. I've been working here personally for, God, 15 years. That's kind of insane. Uh, But we're looking forward to the next chapter in Condé Nast's history, and we're heading downtown. Please join us.